Welcome to my podcast. This is the Dr. Raymond Havlicek podcast for the 27th day of uh, August 2022. I'm very fortunate today to have my good friend and uh, Ukrainian-American, uh, Dmitry Feld here again uh, after he's been sick with COVID. It's good to see you, Dmitry. You look well today. Thanks, Doc. It's pl- it's it's pleasure to be here. I I miss our podcast. And you're not you're not contagious. It's been about months, so I right. think so. Yes. Okay, that's good to hear. So uh, today, of course, we're going to deal with Ukraine because uh, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. And uh, uh, so, just to catch up with some of the news, Ukraine's President Zelensky said the situation at Zaporizhia nuclear power plant remains very risky. That's the power plant that's in the eastern end of Ukraine that is at the center of conflict. I think it's occupied by Russian troops. Now, uh, after two of its six reactors were reconnected to the grid following shelling that caused Europe's largest nuclear power plant to be disconnected for the first time in its history. Yes, it's one of the most modern, too. Yes. Residents near Zaporizhia plant. Am I pronouncing that right? Zaporozhia. Zaporozhia plant. There you go. Now you Zaporozhia. Sound like you, now you sound like uh, Ukrainian. 100%. Okay, Zaporozhia plant have reportedly been given iodine tablets. You have to protect your people. All right, amid course. mounting fears that the fighting around the complex could trigger a catastrophe. Uh, Zelensky said the world narrowly avoided a radiation disaster. Worse than Chernobyl. Worse than Chernobyl, right, on Thursday when electricity to the Zaporozhia plant was cut for hours after fires broke out around the Russian-occupied complex in southeastern Ukraine. Um, A team of inspectors from the U.N., Nuclear Watchdog Agency are poised to make an emergency visit to the Zaporozhia plant, according to reports. Sources have told the Wall Street Journal uh, it is almost certain that a mission from the International Atomic Energy Agency will visit the plant early next week. Ukraine's Deputy Prime Minister Irina Vereshuk has announced plans to expand mandatory evacuations for uh, civilians living on the war's front lines. Absolutely, because they're so close to that nuclear plant. It, it could be disaster of biblical proportion. Russians playing with the fire. They don't care. They don't understand. They don't care. Oh, they know, they understand. <laughs> uh, you know, the commanders on the, I don't know. I mean, look what they did in Chernobyl. They brought the army, went into forest that uh, had, they told them, do not touch the land, and they dig it. Yeah. And then the radiation just came up. We don't know how many soldiers got Terrible. sick. Uh, Ukraine forces have struck an important bridge used by Russian occupying forces in the southern Kherson. Kherson region. Region, right. Um, according to Ukraine's southern military command, the the Daryavsky Bridge is the only Russian control crossing point uh, which splits the Russian-occupied land west of the Dnipro into two parts. Former Russian President Dmitry Medvedev, mm-hmm. another ally of uh, Putin, the, the, the monster of Vladimir yeah. Putin, said in a French television interview on Friday that Russia was prepared to hold talks with Zelensky subject to certain conditions, but he warned Moscow would not stop its assault well, at least he's admitting it is an assault, <laughs> uh, until it go- its goals had been achieved. Renouncing Ukraine's participation in the North Atlantic alliance is now vital, uh, but it is already insufficient to order 
uh, 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 order to establish peace, Medvedev told LCI television in quotes reported by Russian news agencies. Now, you know what, Dmitry, it's just amazing to me. You want to convince the Ukrainian people that they shouldn't join NATO, but they're bombing the crap out of the country and subjecting the people to death and destruction all over the place, but they shouldn't join NATO? Well, look what Sweden and Finland did. Of course. In a hurry. In a hurry. <laughs> in a hurry. Join, join the NATO. They could feel the, the, uh, the heat from an uh, un- unstable, unstable criminal president. EU energy ministers will gather for an urgent meeting as soon as possible to discuss the energy crisis. Following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the Czech prime minister said the Czech Republic currently holds the presidency of the European Council. Russia's claim that it is deliberately slowing the pace of its military campaign in Ukraine is almost certainly deliberate uh, manipulation or misinformation. And get this, the Belarusian president <laughs> I saw that has he... said his country's Su-24 warplanes have been refitted to carry nuclear armaments. Alexander Lukashenko said he had previously agreed to move to the move with the pre- Russian counterpart Putin and warned that his country was ready to respond to serious provocation from the West instantly. But meanwhile, I keep on hearing reports that uh, Lukashenko is uh, uh, being challenged internally. Well, not listen, this man is so out of his mind or, or he congratulate Ukraine on Independence Day. He sent his greetings to Ukraine, congratulate them on Independence Day. And he said, I, I wish your skies are free from, you know, I mean, that's how this, this, how this sick people working. I don't know where, which audience it is. I but, mean, it is the audience of poor Belarusian people who's under that control or Russian. Yeah, people. I mean, they hate him. They, not, they, not only they hate him, he have war with Ukraine, then he sent them good wishes. <laughs> From what I understand, the, the Belarusian military does not want to no, invade no, Ukraine. No, they're not strong anyhow. What's Belarusian? Mean? No, but they don't. But they're they don't not, want they're, not, th- they're not angry with no, Ukraine. No, nobody in Belarus angry except him. Right. R- now they have in Russia underground uh, a wave of people. Uh, finally, so what Putin did, he arrests everybody who went publicly. But now it's undercurrent. People getting sick of it, what he's doing it, and some people taking in their hands. Uh, former military guys saying, "I don't want, we don't want to fight Ukraine for nothing." So they start doing uh, attacks, like like the they, car bombing of the daughter yes, of uh, his ally. Dugan. Yes, yeah, yeah. Not yes. only that, I guess they've done more things. Ammunition <laughs> depot right in the heart of Russia. Well, uh, Putin tried to blame uh, the death of his friend's uh, ally's daughter on Ukrainian terrorists, but there's no way they got to <laughs> no, Moscow. No, no, no way they got no. to Moscow. So this is an internal it's job. A, it's all FSB. They only want to have power or former uh, FSB military. or military who don't like them and right. they want to change the course. Right, yes. right, right. A lot of uh, a lot of people, some people who I know in Russia who was very... Uh, Pro-Putin, like now they're so quiet. Oh, of course, they're very quiet. He's I a think monster. They see, well, not only I think they see the the dead people coming back. That the country is on the verge of economic collapse, and he's going on with this war. I just read an article on this that that uh, that uh, the Russia is very close to economic collapse. They cannot withstand the the, the sanctions much longer. Well, as long as Putin eat black caviar and drink whatever he wants in Moscow, I don't think he care. 
Because right. he's thinking, hey, we survive World War II, we ate, we drink right. water, ate right. potatoes. That's how we're going to do it. That's what they think. That's, That's what he's thinking. So get this, Dimitri. Russia is burning off large amounts of natural gas that it would previously have exported to Germany while energy costs soar in Europe, according to the of BBC. Of course, they're going to do everything. But you know what? Norway step up uh, to deplete, and they're now providing Europe with uh, extra uh, gas, natural yes. gas. They became the largest uh, supplier of natural gas because Russia now cutting down. And they're not going to drop the price, but they're going to continue to uh, send as much gas as they can. And from what I just read before our our episode today, um, the the stocks of natural gas in Europe are actually quite high now. Mm -hmm. They were low in the spring, but they're up to seventy five percent of where they they wanted to be. So they're getting ready for the Russian for the Russian cold that's coming going to come this winter. They'll when, figure it out. Yes, yes. Beautiful. Yes. If countries like Czech Republic, you know, Romania, Poland, gonna stand in against his invasion, then France. And other countries, Germany, have to suck it up, excuse my language, yes. and, and do it because that's the way to do it. And it, England is not – England price up, but they're not really dependent on anything from You'd him. have to be crazy uh, as a European to want to go back to depending on Russia no, again. No, absolutely The not. head of the United Kingdom's energy regulator has blamed Russia for driving up energy prices, resulting in the United Kingdom price cap – Rising by 80%. Yeah, I don't know why they're blaming on Russia in UK, because they don't get natural gas from UK, uh, from Russia. So I'm not sure. It's a world market. No, I understand. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But at least they're not dependent on Russia on anything. They have nuclear power. France have nuclear power. Germany should restart their nuclear power until war is over. The Germans are the weak link in this whole thing, as far as I'm concerned. And the last uh, comment about uh, Europe... The German ambassador to the United Kingdom has acknowledged there is a risk public support for Ukraine could wane this winter as the energy crisis intensifies. Putin was urging, was using gas as a weapon in the UK and all of Europe. Miguel Berger said he wants to test our resolve. I think they still, or or they don't understand, or they live in another world. It is a war. It's like World War II. It was not enough gasoline or natural gas for Great Britain yes, or people who was occupied, it's not going to be enough natural gas or oil for Ukrainians who <laughs> still have to fight them in open fields. And, you know, they got to, the, the Europe, I think in United Kingdom, 75% already still supporting in Germany. I think public now up to here with Putin and, and Medvedev and all of them. I think that's true, but I think the Germans want to make a deal. I th- I just think well, they weak. can make a they're deal, but as weak. long as Zelensky not going to make any no, deal, right? <laughs> they can make any deals they want. Russian forces did not make any claimed or assessed territorial gains in Ukraine on August 26th. That's yesterday. Uh, so there, there's a stalemate going on. The International Atomic Energy Agency stated that unspecified actors, almost certainly Russian forces, reconnected part of the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant to the Ukrainian grid. On August 26th. I think United Nations should demand that Russians move out from that nuclear plant. Of course. 
and bring peacekeepers. Bring key, keys, uh, peacekeepers to the, to the nuclear plant. To the plant. nuclear plant right. and give them ten miles on. No Russian forces. That it's not gonna. The Russians. It's not gonna. Will, well, because the the Secretary General is also kind of weak. I mean, he He's did couple. Weak. He did couple of things. He was in Kiev not long time ago again. Finally, remember we're talking beginning of war. It took him two and a half months to get there, but he was there again. But United Nations in general, they're good against Israel, they're good against America, but they're not good against Israel. So, Dmitry, you know that Putin is would love to be able to hold elections in the eastern part of Ukraine to make it appear as though there's a popular uprising against Ukraine and that they want to join they Russia. All, yeah. Yeah. All right. They, so Russian occupation authorities remain unlikely, sure, unlikely sure. to successfully conduct sham referendum uh, to annex Ukrainian territory into the Russian Federation by early September, despite reports of advancing preparations for the rep, uh, referenda. Spokesperson for the Ukraine's main intelligence directorate, Vadim Skibitsky mm -hmm. stated on August 26th that Russian authorities have completed administrative preparations for referenda and created election headquarters, drawn up voter lists and created election commissions, which Shabitsky stated indicates that the preparatory process for referenda is almost complete. Russian-backed occupation authorities in Zaporizhia, Zaporizhia mm -hmm. Oblast announced that they have already audited polling stations, analyzed voter lists, and selected candidates for work in voter precincts. But, of course, we know that these people um, are being paid off or the rest have guns to their heads and they're scared, you know. Of course, of course. And it's still war there. It's, uh, it's not like... Uh they came, occupied Crimea, nobody was there. Now it's war. Today, uh, that occupation there, tomorrow they might be not there. So all those people better think clear because now they have guerrilla war there. Yes. They might be dead tomorrow. Russian occupation authorities are unlikely to be able to carry out referenda as they intend with cooperation from local collaborators right. by the purported September 11th deadline due to continued frictions within occupation administrations and ongoing partisan attacks. That's all very good news. So uh, so now uh, another thing of concern in the news is that uh, reportedly Putin wants to raise another 150,000 troops to send into uh, Ukraine to bring them from Siberia and from out east, uh, you know, uh, all the way to the Pacific. They want to bring in more troops because they're getting the crap beaten out of them by the Ukrainians. There's no question about that at all. And the increase of weapons, particularly these long range artillery systems that have ranges of greater than 40 miles, have been doing a lot of damage. The problem, as I am reading, is that they don't seem to have enough of them. There's right. a certain number, but they're actually asking for many, many more of these weapons. What is your opinion about the effectiveness of those weapons? Well, you, we see we see the Russian in, uh, Russian invasion stopped because uh, Ukrainian, of course, fight bravely. Secondly, they st finally got long range artillery. Yes, they got the HIMARS systems that HIMARS, HIMARS yes. that connected to satellites, so they're very precise, and uh, they definitely done a lot of uh, psychological damage. Yes, because with HIMARS you can attack inside 
captured territories. Yes. So they attacked Crimea. They attacked uh, territories, got captured, Lugansk, Donetsk. And they're really precise, and they've done a lot of psychological thing. Now the people who collaborate or Russian army stationed them, they're thinking, oh, my God, if they can reach to us, why are we fighting this war in the first place? A lot of them, I think, getting out of their mind. If you look... Where he's getting his soldiers, like you said, he's bringing them from Siberia. He's bringing them from other places. But he's not bringing anybody from outside, inside Moscow or no. Kiev because he worried about if those people are going to start die, dying, then it's going to be big revolt. He's bringing minorities, yes. Buryats, yes. other people uh, who's dying in droves. And you know what? I, I feel Ukrainians have a, a, a great uh, talk. Bring them in. They'll be also dead. Doesn't yeah. matter who they bring. Unfortunately, Ukrainians will die, but uh, now Russians don't want to fight. They have now two or three Russian free battalions fighting inside of Ukraine. Yeah, they ask another uh, soldiers to defect, and they will take them on. Morale is very high. Not only that, Ukrainian army now have a large army. In the beginning of wars, they had maybe eighty thousand soldiers. Now they're saying they have over five hundred thousand. Yeah. And a lot, lot more weapons. A lot more weapons. Uh, uh, now they have 10,000 Ukrainians forming a new division. They're training in UK. Yeah. And they're going to mm. bring them back. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's definitely uh, the problem with uh, for Ukrainians still, it's unpredictability of Russian army in terms of the shooting long-range missiles into civilian Railroads, civilian homes, civilians. Well, the they U can't even penetrate the military. The Ukrainians have been asked to fight this war with one arm tied behind their back. Yes. How is it that Russia is allowed to attack Ukraine, but the Ukrainians cannot use uh, NATO weapons to attack sites in Russia? They, they, they have to make the Russians pay the price for their aggression by restricting the Ukraine to only operate within the territory of Ukraine is ridiculous because the the thinking in the West seems to be don't piss off Putin. Well, it changed and a little bit after they got HIMARS. Well, it's and not artillery. enough. No, they should give them air airplanes. Give them yes. the damn airplanes. Yes. yes. Now they're saying they train <clears throat> Ukrainian pilots in the United States on A-10 and F-16. Yes. Okay, is this the message we will give you them? Just give it to them. They were ready. They wanna. They those pilots not afraid to probably sacrifice their life if they can defeat Putin. <laughs> this give brings up them. this uh, brings up the issue of internal resistance within the United States to the war, and uh, I continue to be very concerned with Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram and others um, that have been rather critical of Biden's uh, contributions of money for the defense of Ukraine. Now, we're, we're, as you know, I am no lover of Biden at all, and I want to see him lose the next election. All right. But the reality is that Biden is doing something right, finally, by supporting the war effort and making it clear that, Russia, that America is not going to back down. Now, it does seem originally that Tucker Carlson's objection to the war was based on the idea that he was claiming that Ukraine is a corrupt country. What business is it of ours to help protect Ukraine. 
The answer to that is that he should read his history books and understand what the appeasement of Hitler did to uh, to uh, enable World War Two and all the terrible things that happened mm -hmm. in World War Two, because certainly uh, Putin has acknowledged that the, the most terrible thing that's ever happened to Russia was the dissolution of the of the Soviet Union. And he wants to regain regain control over those territories. Um, and uh, uh, Tucker Carlson has been, had been initially very uh, uh, angry and negative about the uh, the American participation in the war in Ukraine. But after a lot of criticism, he's changed his tune somewhat to the idea that, well, why are we supporting the the uh, borders of Ukraine when we're not supporting the borders of America? And the answer to that question is, folks, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can reject the Biden administration's negligence in in dealing with crime and the illegal immigrants who are flowing over the southern border. We can start refunding the police. We can do everything that's necessary and we should be doing to protect the American homeland and American families while we stop the Russian aggression in Ukraine. It's not it's not one or the other. It's both. We, we have no U.S. boots on the ground in Ukraine. None. Ukraine says we don't want we're going to fight. Just right. give us everything. They have uh, volunteers there who's very knowledgeable, who's trained Ukrainian army. God bless those guys who went there uh, because they basically make a stand against Putin and against aggression against Ukraine. But we have no boots on the ground. Dimitri, what to some of our, our listeners that may be up in the air about supporting the war in Ukraine, what would be your best recommendations? What would you urge people to consider before making a decision? Well, first of all, I think we should continue to make pressure on our elected officials uh, who uh, uh, need to understand why this war is uh important for us to support like you said we can united states is a it's a beacon of freedom we have many powerful tools we can use at the southern border support police uh you yes. know uh, and we can support ukraine against we have no boots on the ground but why why is it that we need to stop russia in ukraine oh well, you know, you mentioned it's Hitler number two. Yes. It's uh, <laughs> it's the invasion of beautiful, freedom-wanted country. Uh, excellent. We need definitely, uh, we, we have Hitler number two. We have to stop him. Yeah, it, it is unfortunately uh, very reminiscent of 1939 uh, when um, uh, England tried to make peace with Hitler after Hitler invaded uh, Western Czechoslovakia or the Sudetenland, and um, the deal was is that uh, the West would allow him to can, to keep the Sudetenland uh, in exchange for peace in their time. And Chamberlain, as you know, came famously yeah. came back to England and said uh, he achieved peace in his time. And six months later, we had World War II broken out all over the place. France and and England declared millions war, and millions killed of millions, millions, millions and millions of people. people. Deadly, deadly, deadly war, all based on the appeasement of evil. You cannot appease evil. Putin is evil. And if you don't stand up to evil, evil grows and becomes more powerful. It thrives on fear. It thrives on indecision. It thrives on weakness. 
weakness, fear, and indecision are the food that evil needs in order to grow and become more powerful. You can see that the rulers of China are thinking the same way because increasingly they become even more aggressive and bellicose with regard to invading Taiwan. Taiwan. Well, he underestimated will of Ukrainian people. And I think that's the, I think that's the biggest thing for the uh, German chancellor or president of Italy or uh, you know, every Western country, I think they all underestimated will of Ukraine to fight for their freedom. Even if they didn't give them high marks, they would still go and get them with their bare hands. He underestimated the will of the Europeans. He thought he was going to break up NATO. Right. Instead, and that's what happened. Sweden exactly. and uh, North Finland, Finland. Finland are joining NATO. Yes. I, and I am. I applaud them. Thank yes. you. Thank However, you, thank there was one American senator that voted against well, Sweet. you have to Can have you believe one. that? Yeah, I believe. No, why it. do you have to have one? It's in, it's so stupid it because stupid. what Finland and Sweden are bringing to NATO is very advanced armed forces, very advanced armed forces that can strengthen NATO. I, I thought Josh Hawley was smarter, but I don't know. I mean, who knows? He's not. He's not that smart. I guess I, not. I guess not. It it it, <laughs> it it's obvious that. That the solidification of NATO by uh, Finland and and Sweden joining has made it stronger. Finland has an eight hundred mile border. Yeah, with and Russia. also Sweden can cut Russians from uh, uh, from the from the sea. Yes, 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 they can cut them cut them right out. So okay, so any parting words you want to make before we sign well, off? I, I I think uh, thank you for inviting me. Uh, you know, I've been talking to my friends on a regular basis in uh, Ukraine. Some of them actually who was in Poland uh, made move back to Ukraine uh, at least to visit, mm -hmm. and uh, they said the spirit is high. The will of Ukrainians not going to change. They're all going to fight. They're not going to let Zelensky make any concessions to anybody. He's going to fight to the uh, victory of Ukraine. Good. One way or another is going to be on. And we just as American citizens, doesn't matter you have to be Ukrainian or not Ukrainian, all Americans, please continue to support Ukraine any way you can. You can support from uh, some larger organizations, some smaller, but don't forget Ukraine. They need your help. As soon as war will stop, then they'll be fine. Evil must be stopped. Thanks for listening, folks. 100%. This is the Dr. Raymond Havlicek podcast for the 27th of August. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with a lot more this coming week because there's a lot of stuff going on in the United States right now. You uh, all probably know about the student loan nonsense. $500 billion to a trillion dollars. Why it's can't they cost. pay my mortgage? <laughs> hey, I just finished paying. I paid off my student debts for three degrees. I paid off my daughters. Who's going to pay? give me the money I spent on mine? I I think a lot of uh, common sense people is not very happy. They're not very happy not at all. Common sense. I don't care what line it is, Republicans, Democrats. I think they're all united on this. Thanks for being here, Dimitri. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're healthy and well. Thank you, and sir. And we'll see you again soon. God bless America and glory to Ukraine. God bless America and glory to Ukraine.